This is the Argyle Podcast, the official podcast of Plymouth Argyle Football Club. This is the Argyle Podcast. I'm Charlie Price, and coming up today, we have a man whose service to Argyle cannot be underestimated. Graham Little spent over a quarter of a century working for the football club and has been associated with the Greens for most of his life. I was lucky enough to catch up with him before the Fleetwood Town game on Saturday to have a chat about memories that he has at Argyle. Some you'd have heard, some you might not have, but it's always fun to listen to. Uh, We'll also be hearing from Freddie Osaka, who made Argyle history on Tuesday night, coming on in the second half in the Papa John's Trophy against Newport County to become Argyle's youngest ever footballer. We'll be talking about that game and hearing from Graham Little, of course. We may as well start with the Papa John's Trophy defeat to Newport County. It was a 2-0 loss, but it was a much-changed Argyle side. Five debuts were made for the Greens. Angel Warrior and Oscar Massey getting starts. There were also first starts as well for Jordan Garrick, Reese Shirley and Finley Krask. But it was a massive congratulations on the night to those lads who made their debuts. Freddie Osaka, we'll hear from in a moment, coming off the bench in the second half. Will Jenkins-Davies as well, making his first appearance for the Greens. And Carlo Garside in the midfield. Yes, it was a defeat, but it was valuable experience for those youngsters who will no doubt want to continue playing in a green shirt for years to come. The two goals for Newport were fairly inevitably scored by former Argyle players. Timmy Abraham and Dom Telford started for Argyle the last time that we played against Newport County. That was in the Papa John's Trophy last season in November. They started this game up front for Newport and both of them scored two very good goals as well. Dom Telford got uh, the scoring underway midway through the second half with a left-footed curling effort and then towards the end of the game Timmy Abraham added the second. So Newport get the three points in the group. There's still matches against Arsenal under-21s and Swindon Town to play. But let's hear from Freddie Osaka, shall we? In the 69th minute he came on for Oscar Massey to become Argyle's youngest ever player at just 15 years and 34 days. He beats the record set by Lee Phillips by over a year. Absolutely incredible stuff for him. The student had to have special dispensation to play, of course, because of his age. And let's hear from him. I mean, I was happy to, for it to happen, obviously, but we lost, so it's a mix of emotions, so yeah. Yeah, mix of emotions, bittersweet, but um, you probably are aware of this, but if you aren't, you've just become Argyle's youngest ever player by quite some distance. I mean, what does it... Take the result aside, what does it mean? What does it mean to you? Yeah, well, it's good, obviously. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that, but you know, it's, ha- it's happy to hear that I've broken a record, so, yeah, it's good. How did it all come about? Tell us when you found out you might be involved. So, I think last Tuesday, uh, the gaffer and Phil uh, had spoke with my parents because they needed parental like guidance because... Uh, it's too young for me to decide so I knew since then but I was kind of keeping it on a low um, until I trained yesterday and then I started telling my friends and and things What was it like when you went into training for the first time? Um, It was definitely different it was much more intense more running and everything but uh, it was nice playing on the grass as well so 
Yeah, it's good. Just kind of describe your emotions when you were stood over there. Um, you got the nod from the gaffer. You said, "Right, Fred, you're up." Just kind of, what, what were you thinking at that moment when you stood on the sideline? Um, I wasn't too sure if I was coming on, but when I heard, I was just just thinking, "What can I do to affect the game? Hopefully, make an impact and do something to impress." So yeah. And I think, if I'm right in thinking, I think you, I think our secretary Zach Newton had to ask permission from the school as well to see whether you could play. Is that right? Yeah. Um, my mum works within the school, so it was a quick response. I just needed to, <laughs> just needed to ask permission, and then they were quite happy with it to hear. I think so. Yeah, it's good. Very handy parental and school yeah. tick at the same time. Yeah. Just finally, first appearance, but I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're hungry for more, right? Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, maybe not done enough now, but I'll keep working and hopefully I can get another chance. Well, congratulations, Freddie. Well done, mate. Absolutely incredible. I mean, I kind of dread to think what I was doing at 15, but it certainly wasn't pulling on an Argyle shirt and playing for the Greens. Freddie and a lot of these youngsters who, who featured against Newport will be in action again on Friday night. That's in the Premier League Trophy qualifying game against Exeter City. Uh, that's at Home Park. 2pm kickoff for that one. Tickets still available for it. Just go to argyletickets.com or visit the Home Park ticket office. We are also streaming that game uh, on Argyle TV. This is... The Argyle Podcast. Here with Graham Little in the, the Argyle, the boardroom, the Jack Leslie boardroom, which I've never been in before, and I feel underdressed, Graham, to be in this sort of situation. You're here in your nice suit and tie and shirt, and I'm here in a tracksuit, trousers and, and shirt, but is it, how nice is it when you are able to come back to Home Park and back to Plymouth Argyle? How, how much does it mean? Absolutely wonderful, really. It's, I mean, I was here... 26 years and uh, I absolutely loved it from the first day to the last day. I certainly didn't want to retire. I, I, I loved it. <laughs> what, what, what was it about it that you loved it that you loved so much? What was it? Well, I, I was born and born and brought up in Plymouth in, in 1926, and I can remember um, when we played. Argyle played Aston Villa uh, in, in the late 1930s. And the crowd was 43,000. And I was a child then. Now remember, I was one of the children lifted up by the parents onto the, onto the track. And all around the ground, the children were all lifted on the track. 43,000. Uh, it's, it's tremendous, you know. And, um, well, I, I followed, followed Argyle. I, I joined the army in 1944. Went out to Palestine and... Uh, I was in the Welsh Guards and uh, came back and uh, I can remember being on the troop ship when we got into Liverpool and they were giving out the football results. It was a Saturday and it was West Brom 2, Plymouth Argyle 5. And I, and I jumped for joy. But the chap I was with, who, was, who I'd met, he was a good footballer out in uh, Palestine, was called Rowley, George Rowley. And he said that he was a part-time player with with uh, West Bromwich Albion and a brother to Jack Rowley. Well, Jack Rowley was the most famous player in the country at Manchester United, tremendous centre-forward. And uh, well, we thought, all of us, oh, he was just bragging because he's got the same name. But I, when I got demobbed uh, a few months on, 
I looked at the West Bromwich Albion score and he was scoring week after week after week. To cut a long story short, we called him George, which was his name. He was Arthur Rowley and he scored, which is a record up to today, 464 goals in the league football. And you were out there, I presume, boasting to him that Argyle had beaten West Brom that day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I was jumping for joy, and he was quite annoyed. But I, you know, I had, I didn't really believe him that he was a that he was a you know a, a good footballer because I saw him play in Palestine. But I didn't think it was him. Yeah. And uh, and it's funny. Can I go on, or am I yeah, going yeah, on too go, fast? Go, go, well. Go, 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 yeah. Um, I worked at the gas board for years when uh, there was a fellow in the gas board who was a well-known cricketer in Plymouth and he persuaded me to become the scorer. I knew nothing about cricket. And who should play for the Plymouth Bohemians, a cricket team, was Jack Rowley, the Argyle, who was Argyle manager at the time. And uh, one day we were playing a match, on a Sunday match at Chudley, and he, uh, we stopped for uh, tea, like tea, and we're in the dressing room. And Jack came in and he said, "There's a chap outside asking for you." You see, I said, "I don't know anybody in Shudley." He said, "Well, you better come out." And when I went out, it was Arthur Rowley, his brother, who threw his arms around me, my pal from Palestine. Yeah, it's, wow. yeah, it's a true, incredible story. Yeah. Let, let's look back on your time at Argyle because you mentioned 26 years involved at the mm-hmm. club. What what sticks out as like one of your fondest memories from from that time? Well, putting on matches, and we had some tremendous games. Forty thousand crowds. Santos when Pelly came yes. here. I mean that was. That was a crazy thing. That was because they, they'd played, uh, Santos had played Fulham a few days beforehand and they were on um, 50% of the, of the gate. And um, it turned out that uh, they, they had 11,000. Santos maintained there was more people there. But when they came to us, I'd signed, me and the chairman had signed an agreement, 2,500 was their payment for the match. On the night when they came here, there was 35, 36,000 people here. They saw there was a big crowd here, and straight away they said, we're not going to play unless, unless you double, yeah. double the amount. There must have been some panic in there, then, from Ukraine, thinking, panicking. oh, no. The quarter of an hour from the kickoff, the players hadn't, their players hadn't changed. So we had to agree to it, because there would have been uproar if... With the fans, if yeah. So um, at the end, after the match, we beat them three to two, and after the match, we had a reception at the Holiday Inn on the whole. And um, my chairman had got the money through the bank manager, and he said to me, uh, "We got booked a room up there. You better come up with me, Graham." And um, they got their representative, and we'll we'll give them the money. So I had these cellophane packets. And as I dropped him on the bed, he scooped him into it. This fellow scooped him into a bag. And Robert Daniels, the chairman, said to him, you, you have twisted us. It's disgusting your, what, what you've done. And we will report you to the FA, who will report you to FIFA, and you will never play football in this country again. And he said, oh, plenty more countries. So that was that. So. Wow. About, and they had their money. About two or three years later, the FA rang me and said, uh, Mr. Little, we got some money for you. I said, well, what's that for? 
they said um, Santos want to play in Holland, Ajax in Holland, and we've told them they can't play unless till they pay you what they owe you. So we've got the money. Oh, wow. So we had the money. <laughs> yeah. I rang up the chairman and said, we've got the money back. <laughs> he must have been delighted. Speaking to Gordon, just as I came in, he, he said, if he doesn't bring it up, ask, ask Graham about driving up the motorway with the manager mm. to sign a player at a service station. Is that true? Yeah. For what, what, well, what, I don't know. That's all. That, that's all Gordon told me. So I'm, I'm hoping you can elaborate. Well, Bobby Saxton. Yeah, we didn't have a manager, and um, we had an acting manager, Frank Lord, and he said to a board meeting on the Thursday, he said, um, "We're going to lose." No, that's right. He didn't. He didn't say anything at the board meeting. And on the Saturday, on the Friday morning knocked on my door and he said to me, I want you to phone the chairman and tell him that unless we sign a centre-half by, by, in time for Saturday, we're going to lose 5 to nil because we were playing Preston, who were top. Right. I said to him, you never said anything at the board meeting. What you, how are we going to get a centre-half now? So he said, well, you, you tell him that. So I rang the chairman, Mr Crooks, and he said, well... Uh, we're up the creek. He said, do you think you could get a centre-half by tomorrow? I said, well, it's Friday now. He said, well, I'll leave it to you. <laughs> so I got our chief scout in, said, who was the best centre-half you've seen? And he said, Bobby Saxton. He said, he's going he's gonna to lose his job because they're signing another player to replace him, but he's really good. So I rang Brian Clough. He was the manager. And he said to me... Uh, 25,000, 25, you see? So I said, well, look, we're a poor club. I said, our directors get on well with your directors. He said, I don't get on well with my directors. <laughs> no, I believe that. Yeah, so he said, uh, he said, oh, 25,000, you know. So um, I, I said, no, we, we just can't afford that, you know. So he said, well, um, I'll talk to my directors and that, you know. So we came back and... Uh, he said, what are you prepared to offer? So I said, no, no more than 12, 12,000. I hadn't had power to do it, really. I said, 12,000, see? See, so he said, uh, no, all right. So we went to his directors, and they must have said yes, and he came back. And uh, he said to me, uh, he said, you, you'll go far, you will, he said. <laughs> I always remember it. You'll go far, you will, he said. He's worth far more than 12,000, but that's what you're getting. Wow. So... Um, so that's how we got Bobby Sack. I had to speak to him and persuade him to come down here. And he, he said, well, it's so far away. He said, it's, it's a hell of a journey. So I said, have you been down here before? He said, yeah, we've had holidays in Torquay. I said, well, Torquay's just up the road. Lovely, you know. Mm. So he talked to his wife and she said yes. And wow. so that was that. Down he came. And, and, and he made it in time for the Preston game. Yes, that's right, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't lose 5 0. Sorry, no, no, 1 0 we lost. Well, see, there you go. Made, yeah. made an impact, didn't yeah. it? And it's funny, the thing that I remember from that day was um, you, you may not remember him, but there was a famous player called Tom Finney. Yes. Tom yeah. Finney, yeah. and he was the president of, of um, Preston. And the secretary said to me, don't go in the boardroom at our time, come down with me and Tom. So I said, well, Tom, so when I go in, it's Tom. 
So, so I remember having a, having a, a tea break with a great Tom Finney. Yeah. Tea break with Tom Finney, phone conversation negotiations with, mm. with uh, Brian Clough and secret meetings with Pele. You've, you've yeah. kind of done it all. What do you make now when you look around the ground and, and how much it's changed since, since your time? Absolutely wonderful. It really is. It's, it's almost like a premier club now in comparison to what it was, you know. Yeah. And I mean... The supporters had uh, the place they had before. We used to think it was all right, but it, it's luxurious. The big bar, the, I know, yeah. It, in comparison, it's yeah. luxurious. Yeah. Isn't it? No, it's incredible. So they're indebted to the to the owner, the chairman. He's done a wonderful job, really. And are you looking forward to today's game? Coming yeah, back and watching live so. football? Yeah, yeah, sure. In a while, hasn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I church twelve months twelve months ago yesterday. Um, 12 months ago, what am I talking about? Uh, 30 years ago, yesterday, Arsenal came down and played a testimonial match for me and didn't charge any expenses. They just won the FA Cup and and won the league and they brought the cups down. I always remember putting them in the boot of my car (laughs) when, when I met them at the hotel. And when I see the FA Cup being played, I said, that FA Cup, that's been in the boot of my car. <laughs> and I never had my photograph done with them. Oh, I should have done, really, yeah, should I? Yeah. Yeah. And then with it in your car as well. I don't think many people can say that, Grant, yeah, if yeah. I had the FA Cup yeah. in your car. Well, it's lovely chatting to you. Yeah. And, um, have you got an hour to spare? I can't, I mean, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have another catch-up another time. six years, a lot happened. I'm, I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure. This is the Argyle Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Argyle podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. There's plenty more episodes for you to find uh, and listen to at your leisure. We've got Michael Cooper talking about his um, love of cricket and early Argyle memories. We've got Ryan Lowe answering your questions. He pretty much answered anything. Joe Edwards is in there as well. There's plenty to listen back to and enjoy. If you if you did like what you hear, then you can like and subscribe and download the podcast at all of your usual podcast providers. You can also find us at pafc.co.uk, just under the Argyle. This is the Argyle podcast, the official podcast of Plymouth Argyle Football Club.